Freestyle Travel. Hey everybody, this is the Freestyle Travel Show and I'm your host, Kenny Flannery. Uh, this episode, I'm going to talk about creatures and weather, little elements like that while you're traveling, uh, hitchhiking and camping in particular. Uh, thanks Chris for the email. He uh, suggested this topic, so figure I'd cover that for you. Uh, before I get into that, um, yeah, it feels like I always feel like right at this moment is when I should mention sponsors, but I don't, yeah, I don't have any on this show yet. But um, just Amazon affiliate program I'm a part of. So if you go to hobolifestyle.com or freestyletravelshow.com, you'll see uh, Amazon banners are on hobolifestyle.com. If you go to the gear page, there's a bunch of pretty cool stuff that I suggest actually that you can get on Amazon. And as part of that affiliate program, I get a percentage of sales. So if you click through uh, the sleeping pad that I suggest, for example, if you buy that, or even if you end up just buying toilet paper or something, Amazon's pretty stoked that I drove traffic to them and I get a cut from it. So that's as close to a sponsor as I have. Uh, but yep, that's it. Uh, last episode, I was coming to you from Dublin. I had just gotten to Ireland and I was pretty excited to be there because uh, two years ago when I went, I had an amazing time, spent a month looping around the country, and I wound up on the radio and newspaper and uh, some kind of TV station because they found out I was trying to go to every Flannery bar, my last name, and they kind of liked the story that I've been traveling for a while and now I was doing that, so I uh, almost wound up on the radio again this time. It was looking that way because I had emailed them just to say thanks for the last time because as a result of being on the radio and everything, I found out about more of the smaller Flannery pubs in the countryside, and also when I got to some of those pubs, they treated me really, really well uh, in the form of good conversation and pints of Guinness and whiskey and uh, glasses that said Flannery on it, stuff like that. Uh, didn't end up on the radio again, but I uh, still had a good time and revisited some of those pubs. From Dublin, I hitched up to Donegal, and visited a couple different friends, one in Letterkenny, uh, one in a town called Duncan Ely. Uh, if you're ever in Duncan Ely, jump on couch surfing, and uh, you'll probably find uh, Damien there. Uh, really good, really good guy. Uh, really beautiful area, too. Sleeve League, but him and his dad have uh, a couple pubs in town. And everyone in those pubs is really friendly. They like to meet travelers, and he's got what used to be sort of a hostel above one of the pubs, and now people couch surf there when he's free to uh, have visitors there. So yeah, revisited him. Pretty pretty amazing uh, time there as always. And then headed down to Athlone uh, to see some friends I made there the last time, as well as go to one of my favorite Flannery bars there. Uh, this woman Anne Flannery owns the place, so she recognized me when uh, we all mobbed in there. Blues night again. That was pretty fun. If you're ever in Athlone, that's it's got to be the best bar. I'm not just being biased. I think it's one known to be one of the best bars there. Just a good time, especially on a Monday night. They got blues music. Um, so we were there just all night till they shut. Um, then I hitched over to Galway. They just won a big hurling match, so it's kind of a party-ish atmosphere over there. Drank some good beers. Uh, camped out that night and made my way down to Limerick, which is where there's five or six of these Flannery bars that I went to. So I went to... Uh, one of the favorite ones there, uh, couch surf with a guy there as well. And then someone had told me about the Barrow Peninsula in the southwest, like kind of West Cork. 
So I went there. That turned out to be a really good hit. I found a Trust Roots host there. Uh, her, another girl, and this other guy were all doing a workaway thing there. Uh, so they were just telling me stories about that and just travel in general. And and then just on my own, I hitched to the end of the peninsula. I saw some beautiful, beautiful cliffs and water and good hiking and stuff. So that was fun. And then it was pretty much time to go. So I had to hitch over to Cork City and... Soon enough, I was at an airport, getting on a plane, and heading to Rhode Island, Providence. This was just a couple days ago, and the reason for that random-sounding flight, Cork, Ireland, to uh, Providence, uh, is that it was the cheapest flight. Sometimes I get on Skyscanner, and you can search from like country to country, etc., instead of airport to airport. So I've gotten pretty good at finding just cheap flights from one landmass to another. So in this case, in the sort of date range I was looking at. Yeah, Cork to Rhode Island, cheapest way to get from Europe to US at that moment. Uh, it's like 100 bucks or something like that. Uh, you can find tickets for 80 bucks sometimes, I hear. I'm like, wow, Norwegian. So, a little tip there, anyone wanting to jump back and forth. But uh, being close to Boston, uh, my cousin lives up there, so I went and spent a couple nights with him. Uh, and then, yeah, New York is pretty much where I grew up, New York, Connecticut kind of area. So, uh, my reason for coming back to the U.S. is mainly a uh, friend's wedding in Memphis uh, next month in October. So I've got like a month to get there, so that means I can spend uh, probably around a week around here in New York, catching up with family, catching up with friends in the city, and then make my way down the coast. That's kind of the plan. Uh, yeah, it should be should be a pretty good month. Uh, a lot of good a lot of good stuff coming up. A lot of projects that I might try to tackle. And, yeah, a lot of friends to catch up with as normal. Uh, so, yep, all caught up there. So let's just uh, jump right in to, yeah, the elements <laughs> while traveling, weather, and creatures. Yeah, let's jump right in. All right, yeah, I'm going to talk about weather and creatures. So, let's see, I'll get into some rain stories, rain and snow. Heat and cold, uh, dogs, mosquitoes, bears, all kinds of stuff you run into when you're hitchhiking, camping, traveling, uh, you know, some things more than others. Probably more rain than bears, <laughs> for example. Uh, so, yeah, when you're hitchhiking, weather definitely plays a huge role, climate in general. Uh, I kind of, I don't know, rain is worse than snow, for sure. Uh, but both, you got a chance at sort of more sympathetic drivers coming by, like if you're hitchhiking, it's just dumping down rain. The difference is that when it's dumping down rain, after a while, you're just truly getting soaked and potentially miserable, depending on the temperature and the wind situation. And there's a fine line between people that uh, might be more willing to pick you up because it's raining and you're wet and they can sense how, you know, undesirable that is versus now you're just not only a hitchhiker but you're a soaking wet one that they might not want in their car so it is kind of a fine line um yeah like i was just in ireland and it rained quite a bit but it was always just like this misty little rain and never never but a couple times like really really dumped and even then it was short which is kind of perfect i kind of like that you know i got a rain jacket so I'm not really getting wet to my core or anything, but you still get the benefit of maybe those more sympathetic rides. 
so generally like rain like that not a big deal but when it is just dumping all day it can be kind of kind of miserable so obviously from a gear point of view it's important to have a good rain jacket and depending on your backpack like a pack cover uh, you just don't want all your stuff soaked especially not like your sleeping bag or anything like that if it's going to be cold so keep that in mind but uh yeah you might have to retreat to a gas station or into a diner if it's truly just really dumping out there and then you're just asking people for rides that kind of thing uh the snow on the other hand i love it because uh it always feels a little bit warmer when it's snowing like versus not on the same day i don't know what that's about but yeah obviously if it's snowing it is going to be cold or than a summer day uh but if you got the right gear that's not so bad and the good thing about the snow is you're not getting soaked generally uh, you know you might get a lot of snow on you and then get in a car and it warms up and gets you wet but generally you're not getting wet but you still will get those sympathetic rides from people like oh my god you're hitchhiking in the middle of winter it's snowing on you it's crazy out there and you're like oh yeah big time eh, let me in <laughs> so yeah i kind of i kind of like the snow i've always liked the snow just from being a kid and everything else so um i welcome it uh as long as the roads aren't getting too icy because then you know, you're not hitchhiking, nobody's driving anywhere, really. The roads get too bad. Uh, one time I was in Texas, uh, and that big snowstorm hit. I was just northwest of Dallas, and that's kind of what happened. The roads weren't fully shut down, but definitely some trucks were getting off the road just to play it safe. And I couldn't actually stand on the side of the road because the, the snow plows had come and the snow banks were so high, so there was nowhere to really stand. Uh, and it would have been somewhat difficult for some cars to pull over just because they kind of had to keep their momentum so i was sort of uh stuck in a diner i just had to hang out in this diner because it was too cold to even really hang outside in general so i just kind of had to wait in the diner and hope that someone would come in and could maybe get a ride befriended the waitress she was really cool just getting me free cups of coffee and and then doing a lot of the asking for me people would come in and she would either already know them if they're truck drivers or she would just you know, obviously she's engaging with the customers so she would sort of say hey this guy's going to well i was going to like california at the time but you know that direction <laughs> uh, so eventually that kind of worked out i got a ride from a sheriff actually to the next town later that night but uh yes snow it can yeah it can be pretty extreme it can slow you down but in that case, it actually worked, too, because the next day when I got going, because uh, the sheriff had dropped me up a city up, and then the next day I ended up getting a ride from a guy whose flight had been canceled out of Dallas. He was going to Vegas for a bachelor party, and because his flight got canceled, he just rented a car, and he needed to be there in a hurry. Obviously, he didn't want to miss all the fun, and it was beneficial for him to have me in the car to keep him up because he just wanted to drive straight. So the same storm that slowed me down in the diner and everything in a roundabout way it caused him to rent this car and then see me and pick me up so yeah <laughs> in the long run that storm worked out pretty well for me um but yeah that's that's snow uh weather wise you know there'll be some other freak stuff like i've been caught in really windy dust storm kind of situations i'm remembering one i think it was in west virginia and yeah just crazy dust like uh, out of nowhere almost just blowing all over the place to the point where the cars on the highway were just like stopped you know 
So that kind of made it easy to get a ride because someone's like, get in. Uh, there's another sort of uh, windy, I don't know what, what I would call it, but yeah, just a ton of wind and rain just all at once, blowing cones all over the road. This was definitely in West Virginia, this story. And this truck, uh, or pickup truck, they stopped for me. And later they told me they never would have uh, picked me up normally, like if it was just a beautiful day or something. But it was just because of the storm that they saw me just standing there kind of in the middle of nowhere, decided to uh, give me a ride. They actually took me in for the night, went to their um, vacation-y kind of spot where there were a bunch of trailers where they were going. Some of them had flipped over. Like It was a pretty serious mini storm, quick storm, power had gone out. Um, and later after we'd been drinking that night, uh, they told me they even had a gun pointed at me <laughs> like, uh, while they were driving just because, yeah, picking up hitchhikers is not a normal thing they would have done. So <laughs> glad we didn't hit any speed bumps or anything like that. But... <laughs> made it through they're really nice still kind of in touch with them actually um yeah so the weather kind of goes both ways it can screw you over but then it gets people who normally wouldn't do that for you i mean it's like with anything in florida i used to live in hurricanes and like the next the days after everyone would always kind of come together people always come together when there's disasters or little events like that uh, so it kind of works out uh, as far as just like hot and cold, I guess I've already kind of talked about the cold situation. Um, when it's not snowing, yeah, cold can suck hitchhiking. Uh, if it's really, really cold and you're just numbing out there and no one's giving you a ride, uh, then you kind of got to just hope you get a ride quicker or dip in and out of gas stations or make a conscious effort to not get dropped in the middle of nowhere. Like it is pretty nice if you can dip into a fast food place or a gas station or something, kind of regain your warmth for 20, 30 minutes and get back out there. Keep trying. Um, yeah, people ask me a lot if I intentionally go uh, elsewhere during the winter, if I try to stay in warmer climates. And um, I don't know, to an extent, maybe I do, but not really consciously. I, I kind of like to just go wherever I want to. So I've definitely hitched through Michigan in the dead of winter, for example, and towards Wyoming uh, around Christmas time or whatever. Just uh, I don't let it stop me. <laughs> I remember one time, like I think it was last year around Christmas, I was going to Wyoming and someone got me a coffee while standing on the corner and it was so cold that I like spilled a little bit of the coffee when I put it down because I couldn't even hold the coffee. It was too cold to hold to have my bare hand out like that. Yeah, didn't have any gloves or anything. When I spilled some on the ground, the coffee froze. I just watched it freeze. Not instantly, but within a minute or two. It's just a <laughs> frozen little coffee icicle on the ground. But I don't know, just... Yeah, if you have the clothes for it, um, yeah, you should be should be good. Uh, the heat, uh, yeah, that can definitely get to you too. Same kind of thing, but I don't know, not not as bad as the cold, I guess. Unless you got to do a lot of walking, that kind of thing. It's it's heat, you know. It's not too bad unless you start. It's less. It's a wet heat, and then you're sweating, and then your clothes stink faster, and obviously you got to clean them more often. That, that kind of thing, but. Yeah, not too bad. So that's that's kind of weather in a in a nutshell, uh, and how to deal with it. Uh, creatures, on the other hand, uh, you know, deal with these creature situations a lot less. Um, yeah, mosquitoes suck. Uh, when I first started camping and stuff, I didn't have a. I just had a bivy sack and no mosquito net. Um, sorry, there's a little cracking going on. But, um, yeah, just 
yeah, no mosquito net at first. And there are definitely some bad nights where it was really, really hot. So I didn't want to be wrapped up in the bivy, but the mosquitoes were really bad. So I had to be wrapped up to keep them out. But a uh, mosquito net eventually solved that problem. And also one time I was camping and woke up and shook out my sleeping bag in the morning and a big old tarantula popped out. That was in Oklahoma, near Oklahoma City. And I'm glad I didn't notice that spider while I was still in the sleeping bag. That would have been a little bit more terrifying, I guess. Uh, but yeah, again, the mosquito net solves that problem. I even had some kind of creature in my ear once, like I think it was in France somewhere, like camped near a gas station or a road stop kind of place. And uh, such a weird feeling. I just felt something like in my ear and then crawl and then it was moving around. It kind of felt wet and I just couldn't get it out. There's no way to do it. So I had to wait for this, like, it was like a caterpillar kind of thing, centipede sort of thing. Uh, oh man, it was just hours of just, this is messed up. So, yep, <laughs> mosquito net now, that solves all of those problems, uh, bug-wise. Uh, I have had ants, watch ants, in a lot of spots where you might be standing. Uh, you might be standing on an ant hill, and then, I don't know, I've got sandals, essentially, uh, keens, and, yeah, those fire ants will come and they'll start biting you up. So just watch where you're standing. <laughs> Seems like a lot of spots on the side of the road are pretty ant-prone, depending on where you're at. Australia, too. Watch out for those bastards. Australia, that first trip I made there, that's what prompted getting the mosquito net first, too. Those people all up in my ears about snakes and spiders, which you don't actually see a ton of when you're in Australia, unless you're looking for them. But, yeah, the talk of it made me get the net. So, uh, other than, like, bugs and stuff, uh, yeah, annoying, but you can deal. Uh, dogs, I haven't had big problems with. Uh, in Thailand, I've had them chase me. I've been, like, borrowing someone's bicycle, and they'll chase me. Usually when I'm on foot, I haven't had an issue. I'm just not too afraid of dogs. Like, even when they bark, I just kind of stand my ground and look at them and usually laugh at them if they're being a dumbass, just barking for no reason. You can't help but just, like, laugh at a fool. Uh, so... Not many issues with them, but I did, I was coming, hitching towards Chico and didn't quite make it in California, and there's a lot of uh, trees there, like almond trees and you know, groves of trees all in perfect little lines, and I was looking for a place to camp, and it's not ideal because you can kind of see straight down those rows of trees, but I was getting really tired and had just kept on walking. It was getting later. So finally I was like, screw it. You know, I'm just going to go in there and, and camp and make an effort to get up early. And I started setting up my tent and then just like a band of dogs just came sprinting full speed. I thought they were coming right at me, but somehow I guess they didn't see me or they didn't smell me or I don't know, but they ran right by me, but it kind of freaked me out. So I kept on walking and walking until I found a better place. Um, also in Australia, once I was camping and, uh, I heard what sounded like human footsteps that finally I flashed my light and it was uh, like a little dingo, a little dingo dog. So I just kind of kept my eyes on him for a while, started throwing stuff at him. Just He was trying to be pretty still, but you know, his eyes were reflecting. So I knew he was there hanging around. Uh, didn't do anything to me, but had to think about it. Uh, also dogs at like Hitchfest, for example, or any festival, I guess this could happen. I left a bag of food and came back and there's a dog tearing into my food. 
So beware of that kind of stuff if you're at a festival or camping in general. Um, I guess it's travel advice, but general camping advice, you know, if you're in bear country, hang your food in a tree. Uh, it's the best thing to do, or at the very least, uh, if you're lazy or if it's not exactly bear country or whatever, like at least put the food away from your tent because that, that could mean death if it's bear country, if you just got all your food in your tent because that's what the bears are coming for, not you. They smell food, so if you didn't know that, you should. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've never really had any any issues with bears. There's been evidence of them around, but yeah, I've never had trouble and generally hitchhiking i'm not in bear country so except for like in alaska i was thinking about it a little bit more and canada on the way but yeah no no real issues there um yeah i'll wake up i'll see deer sometimes again deer not or they're not gonna mess with you uh never really had any problems with snakes uh in general creatures are not much of an issue um Cats, I will say, um, they'll mess with you. Cats love backpacks, so almost every time I, I couch surf or stay with a friend or someone who's got a cat, like, they're all over my backpack, like, right away, just checking it out, which is kind of, you know, it's just funny. It's funny to watch, but they got sharp claws, you know, so just mind that. Keep that in mind, like, uh, especially, you know, if you got pack cover on or something waterproof you don't want them just like clawing through uh rain gear obviously you really don't want them clawing through anything you know you don't want holes in your shirts or your bag in general so just kind of that one's like a little bit tougher to prevent i guess without like i don't know just you know just push the cat away or something <laughs> and then maybe keep your bag somewhere in a closet when you stay with someone with a cat maybe um that can be the best thing, or keep the door closed if that's an option when you go, just so they're not totally messing with it. Most cats, you know, they want to just, like, give it a once-over when you first get there. It's not like they're there to destroy your pack, but, yeah, definitely something to think of. Um, yeah, that's that's about it for, for creatures. Um, yeah, cows. I I used to get paranoid cows. Like I've got I don't I don't have a cow story, but <laughs> I think of them sometimes when I'm uh, stealth camping. I just don't want to jump behind a fence and find out that I'm like in cow territory, especially because I'm in a bivy sack. I don't want them to accidentally come over and stomp on me or something. Um, yeah, gators. I think about, but it's never been an issue. Just a weird paranoia if I'm in Florida or somewhere. I'm, ideally not camping near a swamp or something or screwing around looking for a stealth camp near a watery area. Uh, like I said, it's all paranoia based. I've never had any personal issues with uh, gators or anything. Um, yeah, it's been pretty free and clear of the gator bites. So yeah, I think that, um, uh, covers all that pretty well. Um, Chris or anyone else, if you want to send me a message, I can, uh, cover more ground on that, but yeah, yeah, I think that should be, should be pretty good. Uh, maybe I'll throw poison ivy into this whole mix just for kicks. Avoid it. <laughs> That's general camping advice. Uh, but yeah, that is it. Cool. Cool. I uh, hope you guys like that. Uh, weather, my take on creatures and all that stuff. How it's, you know, how you're affected or not so affected by that kind of thing. 
like I said, from here I'm going to be going down to New York, into the city for a little bit, catching up with a friend. Uh, hopefully I'll get him in front of the microphone too, do an episode with him. I don't know how uh, travel focused it'll be, but yeah, it's one of my best friends, so got to get him on the air, right? It's a must. That'll be pretty fun. He's actually the one who did the music, uh, Callie, that song that's playing uh, at the start of every episode on this show. So that'll be good. And then, yeah, heading down the coast, North Carolina, see some family there, Mississippi, and then eventually, yeah, that wedding in Memphis. So I'll squeeze a couple, few episodes in, in the mix of all that. And we'll go from there. So, yeah. Find me, find me here, find me there, find me everywhere. Freestyle travel show, Hobo Lifestyle. And I will see you down the road. With all my shit straight, I'll get my big brain.